What's going on, everyone? Thank you for watching another episode of Insightful Principles. In today's content, what you're going to learn is, is inflation slowing down? Where are we at from a global economic standpoint? What is going on with the Treasury yields? What are some lending indicators to see if we're in a recession, if we are going into a recession, and, and what exactly that looks like throughout the U.S.? And lastly, I'm going to also go into just the interest rate hikes and really break down what the economy is expecting, what the market is pricing in with the federal funds rate, as well as what they're expecting, how many more hikes we're going to have for the remainder of the year. If you all could do me a huge favor, please like, subscribe, and share this video. Don't forget to hit that notification bell below so you can be notified every week when I drop content. So as some of you may have seen, some may have not seen the news. Uh, inflation uh, for July of 2022 uh, came down a lot more. Uh, it actually only rose 8.5% for July. And that was probably about a 6% decrease from what we saw in June of this year. Um, in June, the CPI was actually at 9.1%. And some of the notable increases for July was food at home at 13.1% higher than the year over year in recent months. For example, in June, uh, food at home only rose 12.2% for the food category as a whole with the CPI. Uh, that was the highest increase that we had seen since May of 1979. Uh, cereal and bakery products is also what led to the spike with an increase of 15%. Uh, flour and prepared flour mixes were up 22.7% year over year. And then lastly, dairy and related products were up 14.9%. And as you can see here from this Yahoo Finance chart that I have up, some of the main increases that stand out to me is, of course, gasoline at 44%. Airfares up 22 point, actually 27.7%. You also have household energy that was up 20.5%. And then lastly, transportation, 16.4%. You can kind of see here, you know, furniture was up fairly high. Uh, and the, of course, the overall inflation numbers, it shows there. So this is a great chart to see, kind of see where inflation is and where it is not. And when it comes to gasoline, uh, the current national average right now is close to $4. So gas has significantly went down since what we saw in May and June. Uh, a year ago, the average was only at $3.18. So we definitely still can see that even though prices have come down in the last few months, year over year, we still are very high uh, when it comes to our gas prices. But when it comes to airfares, uh, those were up 27.7% year over year. And uh, even though it has been up, airfares have fell within the last two months. Um, it actually fell nearly 8% from June to July. And rental cars and lodging, such as hotels, declined 9.5%. Uh, and with airfares and transportation, that's really predicated on supply and demand. As most of you know, when we were in the pandemic, 
flights were significantly cheaper because not many people were flying out. But now, post-pandemic, people are wanting to travel more. Mass mandates are down in most of the airports. Uh, people are wanting to really get out and being able to explore the world. So um, I can see why prices have been up year over year, but they have been slowing down over these last few months. And then next, we also have the producer price index was released today, August 11th. And that showed that whole prices have reduced. So that was uh, very correlated with what we've seen with the inflation numbers that came out on August 10th on Wednesday. A year over year, um, the PPI producer price index was up 9.8% for July. However, in June, the producer price index rose to 11.3%. So we can see that there is starting to be some easing both on the producer side and also the consumer side. Um, it could still take a few more months before we see some improved supply chains actually bring it down consumer prices. But it is good to see here that uh, more recently we're starting to see uh, some lower prices from an energy standpoint. Now, I want to show you all the alternative inflation rates because kind of like what I've mentioned before, even though our CPI is showing that inflation is up only 8.5%, uh, you know, that CPI is very manipulated because it doesn't show uh, certain things like price increases with, uh, with the price of homes. So that's why I like to look at these alternative charts, really just to get a pulse on what the actual numbers are calculated based in 1980. And as you can see here, like I've done this before, uh, the bottom red line is the CPI numbers. And then the blue line is actually what the uh, inflation numbers would be if it was calculated based on the 1980 metrics. And it's actually double when you look at that. So I definitely think that presents a just some caution to understand that even though things have been slowing down, we still are in high inflationary times. Now, with the CPI and the PPI, uh, this could show some signs that we will see some reduced rate hikes with the Federal Reserve. Now, the Fed has came out and have been very adamant that they're still going to continue to raise rates and that uh, inflation is still significantly higher than their target of 2%. So a lot of talk on Wall Street is that um, in September with the next Fed meeting, uh, potentially the next hike, rate hike is going to be about 50 to 75 basis points. And there also is going to be three more Fed meetings throughout the year. So we have one in September. They skip it in October and then followed by in November and December, we have two more rate hikes. So a total of three and the federal funds rate right now is 2.25 to 2.50%. And that's simply the rate that banks will exchange with other banks. Uh, it's really the cost of credit uh, whenever banks are exchanging loans and reserves. And the Chicago Fed President Charles Evans uh, actually expressed that the Federal Reserve is actually going to need to lift its policy rate to 3.25 to 3.50%. So we definitely still have almost a, a full percentage more that we need to see for the remainder of the year just for it to get to that target of what the Fed President Charles Evans has discussed. And he also explained that for next year in 2023, 
uh, the federal funds rate is going to have to be around 3.75 to 4% at the end of 2023. So one thing that I really want to show you all is how do these treasury yields really impact the economy? What does it mean from a recessionary standpoint? Uh, just to provide some context, the most common treasury yields that people will look at to see if it's predicting a recession in the near future. And then that's the 10 year and the two year treasury yield. So I'm going to show you all this and then we'll go ahead and break down what exactly does this mean for you as an investor. So as you can see here uh, with the 10 and the two year, this is breaking it down all the way since 1980. Um, the shaded areas, of course, is when we've had recessions. Typically, when we see inversions, like when we see seeing back in 1980, uh, what we've seen in uh, the early dot-com era into early 2000, and then also what we've seen in 2008 with the Great Recession, whenever there was a inversion with the yield curve, we started to significantly see a recession that came the following after that. Now, this definitely can take time. It's not something that happens immediately. But even if we look more recently with the Great Recession, um, you can see when that inversion took place originally in like Fe February of 2006, it kind of went up a little bit, then came back down and dipped in December of 2006. We didn't get a recession until like April of 2008. So that took a little bit of time. Um, even if you look more with uh, the dot-com area era in 2000, we had that inversion that happened in like August of 2000, but the recession didn't come until February of 2001. So right now, as you can see here, we, we have a, a, a negative inversion as well. And this number right here is just showing you that whenever we have a negative yield, uh, this is just really showing that we potentially can have a recession coming in the near future because the two-year treasury yield is really looked at as a forward policy rate expectations. So it's really viewed as the cost of, of money. It's really just the cost of credit. So whenever that is significantly down, then the 10-year treasury real yield is kind of showing you that the short-term yields are uh are much, uh, much higher than the 10 year. So this is kind of giving some early warnings on when we see these inversions, this could potentially mean that there's some things being stirred in the system that can cause some fluctuations in the market with volatility. And In, in possible recessions. Now, another chart that I want to show you all is the 10-year treasury in the three-month. Uh, the reason why this one is important is because the Federal Reserve will tend to look at this chart more than the 10-year and the uh, two-year. Uh, I really don't understand why they don't look at the 10 and the two-year, but they look more at the 10-year and the three-month because it's more from a shorter time period when you think about the three month they can look uh very closer and they tend to want to wait to the last minute before they actually want to take actions to kind of uh help the economy so they tend to 
uh, always be for some reason behind the curve. So they'll they'll focus more on the 10 year and the three month. But as you can see here, we're getting very close to an inversion as well. Um, so far in August, uh, the yield is positive is 0.25%. Uh, so of course we're not there yet. But as you can see here, if we look back at the Great Recession, we had that negative yield at that negative 0.28% in April 2007. And following in 2008, we had that recession that came after that. So that's why it's good to look at these Treasury yields because you can, you can honestly be able to predict when things are going to happen or not exactly when they're going to happen but have an idea that we're moving closer into a recession we already know that with the gdp numbers uh with the two negative quarters for uh this year uh we have had negative growth so that also is playing a factor on the versions that we're seeing here uh with uh, the treasury yields in the market but those are definitely some great ones to look at and then the final one that I think that is vitally important is looking at the two-year treasury yield and the federal funds rate. So let me go ahead and pull up this chart, and this will be the last one that I'm going to show. But just to explain how this really uh, plays a role from the macroeconomic environment, it's because I explained how the two-year treasury yield it simply is a forward policy rate expectation metric. Uh, a lot of the Fed will look at this as a metric when it comes to that. And when the market believes that the policy rate is actually going to be a lot, uh, a lot higher than the federal funds rate, this can cause them to actually pause rate hikes because the cost of that the cost of credit is much higher than the actual growth in the economy so that's where you have the fed tightening that can lead to a recession and as we're seeing now growth has gone down but we're in a uh, we're dealing with high interest rates in this in this current environment and it's starting to go up more frequently so with the federal funds rate it actually measures growth and also inflation expectations so whenever you see the opposite happening, like you see here now, you can see that the federal funds rate is only at about 1.68%, but then we have a two-year treasury yield at 3.23%. So the cost of debt is much higher than the growth expectations with the federal funds rate. So this is also a reason for caution uh, just to show that when we have it flip like this, it's not necessarily going to produce the best outcome with the economy. And even if you look more in 2008, uh, when, whenever we have a federal funds rate that is, you know, a little bit lower uh, than the actual cost of debt, that also can lead to a recession, as you can see here. And another thing to keep in mind is with us having inflation at 8.5% and the federal funds rate is only yielding about 3.23%, uh, uh, that is an inverse correlation, meaning that 
the purchasing power um, of the dollar is significantly going down and we're getting a small yield on our credit, on uh, debt within the society. So that's really a recipe for disaster when I think about it, because even if you look back into 1980, the inflation rate, when we had Paul Volcker raise interest rates to very high levels, we had a federal funds rate that was much higher than the rate of inflation. Right now, the complete opposite is happening. So that's why I feel that even though inflation has been easing, um, we're seeing that supply chains are starting to improve a little bit more. A uh, cost of energy is starting to improve. I still think when you look at the 10 year and the two year, and you see those inversions as well with the 10 year and the three month, is showing that we still are if not in a recession, we're very closely moving to one in the near future. Who knows when it's going to happen? But when we have inflation at 8.5% and we see that our federal funds rate is much lower than that, uh, the Federal Reserve has to raise rates much higher to make the cost of debt be much more appealing uh, for investors. And especially when you think about bondholders, um, they're getting a negative yield by investing in that, that type of asset. So I definitely think that this is a lot of different elements that we're seeing here within the economy. And wanted to break down just a macro update and kind of go through these different numbers. But that wraps it up for this video. I thank you all so much for watching and listening. Um, if you could do me a huge favor, if you can like, subscribe, and share this video, don't forget to hit that notification bell below this screen so you can be notified each week when I drop content. And I thank you all so much for watching and listening and take care.